Warning, you are about to listen to the greatest radio show ever. And due to contractual obligations and to shield our airwaves and corporate licensees from any semblance of liability, responsibility, and gullibility, we must tell you the views represented on this show are not necessarily those of this station or its management. This radio show contains differing points of view on current political topics, and due to the nature of its contents, it should be heard by everyone. Thank you for listening. Now live from the Devil Radio Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, where the political party is just beginning. Welcome to the Devil's Advocate Show. Friends proving it's never personal, only politics. Please allow me to introduce myself. Here is your host, Mike Crute. Welcome back to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show, the TGIF edition. Dominic, we welcome back a fine guest. He is the host of Morning Cannolis. He's a former U.S. attorney. He's a friend of ours. James Antel, welcome back to the Devil's Advocates. Hey, Jim. Always a, always a delight to be with both of you, especially on a day like today. Jim, let me <laughs> yeah. ask you a couple of big events coming up Monday and Tuesday of next week. A, do you have any good opening day stories are you a baseball guy do you go to opening day ever i i am a good i, I do have a number of, of opening day stories and a, a small uh, item about my history my father actually used to sell tickets when the milwaukee braves were in the old county stadium and then even in retirement he continued to sell tickets window 19 when the brewers were here so when my great recollections are going up and getting not free tickets but standing with my dad as he's selling me a ticket from his ticket booth ah I could probably sell you a ticket from this ticket booth. Cheapy. <laughs> Cheapy. We you know that's a pretty good that's a pretty good story. Do you have, what's the fondest baseball memory of any particular game for any reason, Jim, that you recall? Right. Um, you know, I, I'm I go back to Robin Yount days. Um, and I don't know that I can select a, a particular um uh, uh game, but uh, again, I was young enough at the time just to be completely enamored with that notion of young athleticism and somebody who has had their game all on play there and uh, just thought, gosh, I will never be able to do that <laughs> to, to watch. Um, and Robin Yount, as he was for many other people, um, a great hero of mine uh, on that, that, that ball field. The kid. Um, Jim, the other big event happening on Tuesday is a state Supreme Court election in the great state of Wisconsin. Uh, the editorial board at the Washington Post suggested this is not how we should pick justices to the Supreme Court. But here in the state of Wisconsin, it is. It's been an obscene amount of money flowing uh, in the Democrat, Janet Protasiewicz's case, through the Democratic Party. And the case of, of Dan Kelly, uh, who I have a little contempt for, but that's a different story, mostly flowing through dark money groups. But Jim, this is... This is really obscene at this point. This is not how we're supposed to pick justices for the court, is it? It is. It is not. And again, we have the Supreme Court, our federal Supreme Court and other courts to thank for that. Uh, the notion we're spending uh, quite literally millions and, and millions and millions of dollars on this. Uh, I will use the word is is uh, socially, politically, um, culturally obscene. And you know what should happen, as we do in other countries, allocations of a maybe not a small amount of money, but some amount of money to support a campaign that permits you to 
advise the electorate, the, the voting folks out there of who you are, what you stand for, and then a very intensive series of debates and public appearances where you're literally, and they, they do that, of course, and go around um, this notion that you simply dump lots and lots of money into commercials and other things that do not tell you much about the candidates. They attack each other. Um, and for that reason, I don't give you a whole lot of depth about how this person is necessarily going to behave in the many cases before them that do not involve those major things that are part of those commercials. The, that notion of what is your judicial philosophy? How do you approach uh, issues of law and fact? Uh, what is your experience that you bring to this, this uh, exercise? All those things get lost when it's just money and it is the mud throwing that unfortunately we see. Well, Jim, I know you were a federal prosecutor, but I got to tell you, um, Dan Kelly, who is the candidate, the conservative candidate for the Wisconsin Supreme Court, apparently gave legal advice to the Republican Party of the state of Wisconsin through Andrew Hitt, who was the chairman, who was a false Trump elector, ultimately, and also represented the RNC that apparently also facilitated some of these false elector schemes that very much replicated themselves, clearly came from the Trump camp, came through the state of Wisconsin, and in some small way came through Dan Kelly's legal representation, mm -hmm. I suspect. Now, he denied it. The singular debate that they had, uh, Protosawitz and Kelly, he denied. Oh, it's 30 minutes and I don't have any knowledge of the false elector scheme. But that's not what the sworn testimony of Andrew Hitt represented. And above and beyond that, if he clearly had been against the plan, the scheme, the coup, why was he not on the debate stage denying, renouncing the actions? Hey, I had obligation to Clyde to keep my mouth shut, but I strongly advised not to do this. Jim, that wasn't that wasn't his denial. It was it was not full throated by any means. And you know, we describe this kind of in prosecution world and in government world as the obligation of attorneys to say no. Um, and I will tell you that on a regular basis in criminal prosecutions, in civil litigation, our responsibility on behalf of the government, again, advising agencies, advising individuals is to look at them, and not always, but from time to time and say, okay, I understand your idea. It's a really bad one and we're not going to do it. And to your point, that's, that's the larger issue, which is it would have been very good for him to say, assuring for him to say that when this issue came up, I told them that there is a process under the constitution and we need to follow it. And anything that diverts from that is not going to be supported by me and others and tell them no. Um, that's what I would hope to, that he would have said. We don't know with specificity. I do think that it comes to issues relevant to who you are and your approach to the judiciary, questions about your commitment to the Republic and to the constitution about how we do things. Those are relevant. And they don't go just to the mudslinging about a particular decision you made or a particular judgment or criminal sentencing or, or civil order that you entered. Those are relevant because they go to who you are and how your mind works and the kinds of things you bring to those tough situations where, again, as a lawyer, you've got an obligation, yes, to represent vigorously and, and aggressively, but also to say there's a limit to that. And I'm telling you strategically and legally that this is not something that we want to pursue.
Folks, you are listening to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show. That's James Santel. He's a friend of ours. He's a former U.S. attorney and host of Morning Cannolis here on the Civic Media Network on Saturdays, 9 to 11 a.m. Uh, Jim, good timing. Thank you for coming around. Of course, the big news breaking yesterday, the former guy uh, getting indicted, a grand jury in New York, apparently coming down, uh, CNN reporting up to 34 counts of business fraud relating uh, to his dealings with Stormy Daniels. And I thought to myself, Jim, I'm I'm looking for a couple. I mean, I get how it works. So you, you have an expense, you book it you book it incorrectly, so you don't pay taxes, and you can you know wash it and wipe it under put it under the rug, and everyone goes forward, nobody cares, no one knows nothing. So I could see like a couple, maybe a tax, and you know a couple a couple charges, but up to perhaps. Perhaps 34 business fraud charges, Jim. Uh, what was your reaction and why do you think 34? Right. I, I can't describe all 34. I wouldn't guess as some media folks out there are doing. We hope, by the way, that this media reporting, uh, plainly coming not officially, but through some back channels is accurate. We know, of course, that the uh, former president may be appearing now in Manhattan, lower Manhattan next Tuesday. So we think, as we've talked before, about prosecution units. And to your good point, Dom, you think, well, gee, this is just a matter of paying through Michael Cohen. You've got a couple of checks, and those might have been the, the core for one or two counts, um, and that should be it. Maybe you describe it kind of in a talking indictment larger than that. My guess is that what we're what he's identifying here, again, assuming the reporting is accurate, is a whole number of specific events. Um, he may have been describing a conspiracy of some kind with other people, plainly, uh, who are involved in this. And we've talked a lot about this overt acts in, in furtherance of that conspiracy. So, yes, it may well be that uh, the writing of the check of the two checks or more, more checks, who knows, that may consume a few of these uh, through Michael Cohen. But it could also be things like depositing monies uh, for the purpose of covering those checks, making wire transfers. We don't know for certain, but making wire transfers to make those things happen could be could be a non-financial even engagements with uh, Mr. Pecker from the, the 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 publication here that that those kinds of things those communications could also be described arguably um, to be a violative of New York law in and of themselves and then probably a part of a larger scheme. So my guess is if he is sticking if he is sticking to the hush money situation which we assume he is we don't know it could be beyond that assume he is he's probably identified some very particular things along the way that Donald Trump and others did to perpetuate this fraud on the American public, uh, to accomplish the, the quieting of these women um, through the National Enquirer. And that, of course, violative not only of federal laws, we've talked before, but presumably then also of state New York law with respect to finances and his commercial obligations, his financial obligations to report on those. Jim said, tell counselor, I have a question. Would this be an instance, pay with cash, Let's not forget, Michael Cohen literally recorded the conversation with client Donald Trump when Trump instructed him to pay off this deal in cash. And one typically doesn't pay in cash $130,000 NDA settlement to a former porn star unless one wants to keep it off the books. So, Jim, that that evidence and it's been so long i mean we were talking about this in 2017 with ron johnson when he could have sanitized this made it a small hearing slapped him on the wrist and been done with it now it's a criminal charge but pay in cash that's one of those you know trump's on tape in georgia but he's on tape 
and the Manhattan DA has it, and it's him telling Michael Cohen, pay the porn star with cash. Right. And again, we, we've talked about today and previously about an, an indictment that describes what you're doing, but also why it is you're doing it, how you're doing it. And those kinds of things, uh, a, a, a noun, a verb, uh, by, by the way, d paid in cash, that sends a signal to a jury, to a finder of fact, that indeed there's something going on here, right? Uh, we just don't do that these days. Wouldn't be at all surprised if that that nature of these, these uh, payments looms large inside that text. Folks, you are listening to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show, a fine Friday edition indeed. We've got a great guest. He is James Santel. He is the host of Morning Cannolis. you got to get up tomorrow morning, 9 to 11. Tune in for the Morning Cannolis with Jim. You going to talk about the indictment at all, Jim? <laughs> a, a little bit, although I'm also going to say this. You know, there's there's another bigger story out there that we're going to chat about tomorrow morning. It's not even in this country. There's the teaser for you. I thought you were going to say the Fox Dominion suit. That's what I want to ask <laughs> you about next. Stick around. More Devil's Advocates. Charged, never convicted. The Devil's Advocates. And we are back. Thank you for listening to the Devil's Advocates radio show. Former U.S. Attorney James Sanstel sticking around for at least one more segment. Jim, thank you for doing so. I know we want to get to the Fox Dominion lawsuit, but I want to uh, ask your take. It's been uh, announced that Donald Trump will be arraigned on Tuesday at like 1.15 in the afternoon central time. Uh, his apparently through his attorneys, he's announced he will, and he will not. He'll he'll come voluntarily on Monday night. Uh, 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 the governor, uh, DeSantis of Florida, said that he would not cooperate with any sort of extradition. And Trump's ex-attorney, Jenna Ellis, is saying this is war and you should take, you know, DeSantis up on his offer and fight this, fight this, fight this. Uh, I know we're in kind of uncharted ground. And, and because I know it's Trump who said he was going to be, what, arrested a couple of Tuesdays ago, that I don't know that I believe anything he says until it actually happens. So what what do you think would go down? How would it look if Trump decides not to show up on Tuesday? Right. So uh, we anticipate that that will happen because I like to think that his lawyers are impressing upon even this uncontrollable client um, the notion that having this kind of fight and uh, gosh, having even the the visual of that is not to his benefit, even even though he's using these other things for fundraising purposes. Um, so um, he stays in Florida where he presumably is right now. Just as an aside, I haven't checked on the niceties of Florida law. I don't think the governor has a lot to say about this. It's a judicial proceeding, and and again, you'd get uh, the uh, the DA from uh, Manhattan would be petitioning, and um, so this notion that's once again just a chest beating on his his part, sort of standing at the the border and preventing those New Yorkers from. <laughs> that's what that's the image. He he doesn't have that kind of authority. Number one. Uh, number two, um, frankly, under these circumstances, you know, the notion of, of extradition, uh, yeah, that that can and should should happen. It would delay things once again a bit if his attorneys really decide to go down that that route. Uh, but it will happen. And uh, again, uh, much better to fight if he wants to, and he plainly will on the merits of this than to do that kind of a thing. It also the the notion he's surrendering and he is coming in. Yes, we may in fact get some mug shots and we may get some of those things. We don't we may or may not get the the walk that that um, Mike, you're looking for the perp walk. 
Um, but we will get some of that uh, just because you have to be booked and you have to be a part of the law enforcement process here. Um, I'd like to think that the extradition issue will not happen. Uh, but again, we've been surprised with Donald Trump on many times in the past. Anything is possible. Jim, in this case, would Trump be required to provide a DNA swab? You know, um, that would also be a subject to a decision by the presiding judge. Um, and uh, the question again would be, um, what, you know, what, what is the, uh, undeniably the request would be made, that's the kind of thing that lawyers would be fighting about. Briefs are gonna be written about that, memorandums, this is not gonna be decided easily, um, but um, the request could very well be made um, by, uh, the, um, by the government in this situation. Well, and of course, that's pertinent because there's the E. Jean Carroll accusation right. against Trump, not just the civil uh, accusation of defamation, but the underlying accusation that he raped her and left DNA behind. That seems like pertinent evidence in that case. Uh, Trump, to my understanding, has you know, been cautious about supplying DNA up till this point. Should grab his Diet Coke can like they do in the movies. Folks, you're listening to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show. Got a fine guest. He is former U.S. Attorney James Santel, host of The Morning Cannolis right here on the Civic Media Network, 9 to 11 Saturdays going live. Uh, Jim, Dominion. The Dominion software lawsuit against Fox News. We've seen a lot of the pre-trial stuff, but now we get to see the trial. They're going forward. This will go to trial. Um, I understand Rupert Murdoch tried to claim infirmity from giving testimony. Apparently, when you've announced you're getting married for a fifth time at the age of 94, they think you're firm enough to go sit on the witness stand. <laughs> Even Rupert Murdoch may have to give testimony, Jim. Uh, this could be the trial of the century, my friend. It, it certainly could be. And again, it goes, it gets us right back into what we really should be talking about and not so much hush money, but you know, this is, this is a part once again of this attempt to tell and sell the, the big lie to overturn our election very broadly. And that's why this Dominion lawsuit, which again is civil in nature, this is not being prosecuted by any governmental authority, federal or state. But again, the significance of what's happening today is you've got this judge, Eric Davis, who is saying, yeah, we're going to trial. He hands a significant victory to Dominion. He basically says, I'm not going to grant anybody's motions for summary judgment and find that, yes, you win as a matter of law based upon the facts, but basically says that these statements were, were statements of fact, they weren't opinions. And the jury should have the opportunity to determine whether or not they were, in fact, defamatory, certainly indicating that there will be this question again about actual malice, which we've talked about. So the stage is now set based upon what happened today. The the judge granting partial summary judgment uh, for Dominion, sending this off to a trial trial that could see a lot of testimony, not only uh, by the Dominion folks, uh, but again, principally by Fox News and its leadership. Jim, we've got a trial date set for that. Is that is that now been specified I, for April? I, I think that is correct. I was just looking through this as well. And I know that, again, that's the big, big news. I don't know that the judge has specifically set a date, but my general sense was was April was the, the date. Um, but we'll get that uh, confirmed as well. Jury selection right. scheduled for April 13th. Jury select. Okay. Uh, the, the ruling uh, said, I'll read this quickly from the Hill. The evidence developed in the civil proceeding demonstrates that is crystal, and crystal is capitalized, right. is crystal clear that none of the statements related to Dominion about the 2020 election are true. 
Therefore, the court will grant summary judgment in favor of Dominion on the element of falsity. The ruling read. Jim, it sounds like it's uh, not going to look great for Fox News if the judge looked at everything and said, yep, it's crystal clear to me. Right. And gives that instruction to the jury, which is what he will say both probably in uh, opening matters, but also down the road. That gives a jury a, a real base sense then to determine whether or not this was done with that actual malice. That's the only remaining issue. It's not a small one, but it's one that they can wrestle with based upon what the judge has told them already about what he has found as a matter of law and fact. I think I'm looking more forward to the Fox News Dominion trial than the arraignment of Donald Trump next week. Jim Santel, looking forward to your show tomorrow morning, 9 to 11. Morning cannolis with James Santel. Thanks for coming around today, though. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. We'll talk to you, I suspect, again sometime next week. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Jim, Thanks if so you're nice, I could probably work out some brewer tickets for you. We're going to give a pair away <laughs> on the other side. That was a good story, Jim. More Devil's Advocates, the Friday edition. I would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for those meddling Devil's Advocates. Welcome back to the Devil's. Advocates Radio Show, the Friday happier happy hour, rolling through it. Get up, jump around, unless you're driving, then hold on tight. But you can call us. We are going to give away a pair of Brewer home opener tickets for Monday. That's April 3rd. And uh, don't want to forget to thank our most recent, finest of guests, Jim Santel, former U.S. attorney, and of course, host of Morning Cannolis, Saturday mornings. You got to get up. Tune in 9 to 11. If you miss it, we'll forgive you. But then you got to go to the civicmedia.us, same place you find the Devil's Advocates podcast, and look up the Morning uh, morning Cannolis podcast. So, Dom, we're going to reset how we play this little Brewer opening day giveaway. All right. All right. Lay it on me, brother. Here, here's, I got one more pair to give. A, we air grievances on Fridays on this radio show. That's how we do it. So that's part of it. You got to air a grievance or have a political thought or a hot take or a whine or a quibble or something. Something that keeps our attention. You better keep our attention. Dom, ADHD, terrible. But above beyond that. What? Uh, yeah, what, was, what, 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 what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. If you got a good, you know, like opening day story, I assume it's a brewer story. If you want to win some brewer tickets. But I don't know. It could be a different different uh, ball club. My son even called in. And if nepotism was permitted on this side of the aisle, Tom, he probably would have won <laughs> yeah. those tickets. My son told the story of me. Uh, had a new little car. Didn't even have a chime on, you know, when you lock it. Didn't do any, didn't make any sound. So I couldn't, you know, beep, beep, beep around the parking lot and find it tiny little convertible <laughs> it was hidden in the forest of full-size cars so this so, was after the game after hanging out all day watching it watching it and uh, it, and, and you lost your car for an hour and what, what what did you do with the kids while it was raining out i wanted them not to melt because they were so sweet as little boys they were yeah. maybe five and six at the time so i put them in the porta potty You know, the post-game porta potty the Was that the one where they were conceived or just one, like, next to it? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was Summerfest. 
Oh, all right. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> no, you're thinking of your kid, man. Come on. <laughs> Eight four four. When we get to summer fest giveaway tickets, I'm expecting some stories out of you, Sylvia. Eight four four. I got I got a grievance. I got a grievance too, but I'll let you go first. All right. Well, I just just saw this on the CNBC.com. Trump indictment live update says they report Trump will not be handcuffed. We knew that. Damn it. But apparently NBC is reporting he will also not have a mugshot taken. What? Law enforcement authorities do not plan to place Trump in handcuffs, put him into a holding cell, or take a mugshot of him when he is booked before arraignment Tuesday in a Manhattan courthouse, but Trump will be fingerprinted. Officials familiar with the planning told NBC News. Officials said the current plan calls for Trump to arrive Monday evening at LaGuardia Airport in Queens, where then he is expected to be driven to his residence at Trump Tower in Manhattan, and it could be 30,000 square feet or 10,000. I'm not clear. It's very valuable. (laughs) Depends on the day. Uh, On Tuesday morning, he will be driven downtown to the Manhattan Supreme Court and taken directly to the 15th floor of the courthouse for arraignment. All of the courtrooms in the Supreme Court sections of the courthouse will be adjourned in the afternoon to reduce the number of people around the area. I imagine there will be lots of people around the area Apparently, also Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's so upset about this political persecution that she's coming to New York to protest the 30-plus business fraud charges against Trump. I mean, way to die on that hill. Start spreading the news? (laughs) I mean, what? Remember, I spoke earlier about the the Brewer game, and actually a a caller called in and Talked about the opening day when Sixto Lascano hit a home run, I believe, to win it for the Brewers. I think it was 1979. Well, Marjorie over three to Lascano. Uh, and I know you love to be corrected, and I don't know if this is true, but our pal Casey texted out and said, hey, John Jaha batted righty, did not he? left. Yeah, maybe I was wrong about that. He did hit the grand salami in the first inning against the White Sox. Tell me I'm wrong about that. I was at the game. Me and Bill (laughs) Schroeder high-fived. I wasn't even drinking. I was working. Bill Schroeder might have been drinking. Euchre might have been drinking. Euchre is a national treasure, man. He is awesome. That is the greatest thing about the home opener. Euchre will be on the radio on WISS. Dude, I got to tell you, as a little boy, I grew up listening to this man's voice. He is the the first sound of spring in the state is Bob Euchre on the radio. And he doesn't do the road games now. So even this Cubs series, this early weekend series, it's not including a Bob Euchre's voice. But I got to think opening day is going to bring him out of hibernation. And Euchre's going to have some stories, I hope. It's a blowout Brewer game like when Johnny Jaha from the right side of the plate, apparently a switch hitter, Uh, hit a grand salami on opening day, but um, Euchre is the magic in some small part, and he's 80-something now. Yeah. I'm going to miss him when he's – I mean, the guy was pitching batting practice to the Brewers almost every day of his adult life. And entertaining the fans, the the best games 
are the blowout games because then you know Euchre's going to the vault. He's going to tell some stories. <laughs> Just a bit outside. He tried to go. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, that voice, uh, it's golden, baby. And here's what I can say. It's a little point to think that we would be a part of civic media. You know, it's clearly much, much bigger than I, but I'm still taking part ownership of the, the Brewers part, Tom. That's, that's in some small part my want. <laughs> right. So the fact that we are the Brewer affiliate through WISS Oshkosh Air Support, 1100 AM and 98.3 FM, and of course, WRCE, 1450 AM and 107.7 FM, and uh, Ebone did verify it, memory sleeping, slipping, sleeping and slipping. But anyways, we're going to give away one more pair of tickets, but you got to have a good grievance or at least a fair to middling brewer story at 844-967-2789. Here's my grievance. If we've got some sound of Lindsey Graham, we're going to get to that as well. My grievance on behalf of presidential wannabe Ron DeSantis. Do you know that the Trump indictment could tank Ron DeSantis's 2024 run? Tank it? Could tank it. Let me tell you about that. And... Line up for the Brewer tickets. Better have a hot take, 844-967-2789. I even understand pretty good seats. Although he hasn't announced yet, Florida Governor Ron Meepal DeSantis was uh, increasingly being seen as a formidable opponent for Donald Trump in the potential 2024 matchup. But on Tuesday, in the run-up to his indictment for his hush money payment scheme by Manhattan District Attorney Elvin Bragg, the former president's poll numbers were looking a little healthier against DeSantis. I pointed that out, right? The new Fox News poll? Trump's up like 15 in a month. DeSantis is down four. And Trump's, well, yesterday we marked this, right? The high, high watermark, as I call it, it's 54% on the Fox 54% News poll. 54% of the GOP support Trump to be their presidential candidate when offered like 15 different options. Trump was number one at 54%. DeSantis and you think that's going to go up after Tuesday? Well, let me read a little bit. All right. In the wake of Trump's indictment, DeSantis took to Twitter and slammed the news as the weaponization of the legal system to advance a political agenda. Now, this guy's a lawyer. I would say shut up, DeSantis, but let me read. The Soros-backed Manhattan District Attorney has consistently bent the law to downgrade felonies and to excuse criminal misconduct. Yet now he is stretching the law to target a political opponent, DeSantis wrote. According to New York Magazine's Ed Kilgore, DeSantis's tweet shows he has fully embraced Trump world's Christ of witch hunt and has reduced the big brawling bully who has terrorized the LGBTQ and kids and teachers and racial justice advocates to what Trump has always contemptuously labeled him, a dull dude who would be nothing without Donald J. Trump. The odds seem, I'm reading quotes here, Don. The odds seem very high that the indictment and the subsequent drama of Trump's arrest will give him another bump in the GOP primary polls, adding to the perception that he's the front runner, Kilgore writes, adding that if deception, uh, DeSantis, deception, there should be something to work with there. <laughs> there's, a, there's a name for it, man. You just called it. If DeSantis is perceived to be losing ground, 
he could become a secondary figure in his long-awaited campaign launch. As pundits wonder aloud, what happened to the politician who seemed poised to dispatch Trump not too long ago? Well, quite the parallel to Scott Walker, I would say, Dom. Ron Deception. Ron Deception. Write that one yeah, down. Yeah, man. I'm I like that. Rudy, I, 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 breaking news. I just got an More email breaking. From former president. Uh-oh. You, you, you want to hear it? The former, you mean Obama? <laughs> no, this guy. <clears throat> president Donald J. Trump raised over $4 million in the 24 hours following Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg's unprecedented political persecution of the president and blatant interference in the 2024 election against the leading Republican presidential candidate. An incredible surge of grassroots contributions confirms the American people see the indictment of President Trump as a disgraceful weaponization of our justice system by a Soros-funded prosecutor. Most notably, over 25% of donations came from first-time donors of the Trump campaign. Welcome, Lemmings. Further solidifying President Trump's status as a clear frontrunner in the Republican primary. With the average contribution of only $34.00, President Trump's 2024 campaign is funded by an unmasked coalition of hardworking patriots who are fed up with these special interest donors like Soros, spending billions of dollars to influence our elections. Americans across all 50 states donated to President Trump's campaign within the first five hours of the sham indictment paid for by Donald J. Trump for President 2024 Incorporated. Don, before we get to the phones, and I know people are hopeful, we got some Brewer opening day tickets to give away for good takes and good brewer stories. 844-967-2789. Well, Tom, let me give you the truthy social version from Trump. May I? Uh, Going to start with the all caps. They've got nothing. That's how Trump started his post on the truthy social Friday evening. uh, Trump said... That authorities have reviewed 11 million pages of documents, tax returns, and financial records, some of which he alleges were obtained by investigators illegally. (laughs) But the rest of this, and I warn the audience, it's all, all caps. Just like the headline at the New York Times today, Trump indicted. Yes. All caps. Well, here is his response on Truthy Social The whole paragraph, all caps, I'll try not to shout it at you. After eight years of variously politically motivated investigations, hoaxes, scams, and witch hunts, this must make me the most honest and honorable man anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. Nobody in history has ever been through the scrutiny that I have. Make America great again. Three exclamation points. Wow, man. He's really fired up today. Come back with us. I'm going to get fired up. I'm going to give away some brewer tickets. Opening day, man. It's a, it may not be a national holiday. It should be, but it's a Wisconsin holiday, but not my kid, man. I'm sending him to school. You can go to weekend games. My kid trying to win your tickets. Doesn't work like that. Nepotism. Hey, come on, man. Honestly, the kid had one of the best stories I've heard all day. I mean, his old man brought him to the game 
It was raining out. They he lost the car in the parking lot and stuck him in a euro in, in a porta potty for an hour while he tropes around in the rain trying to find the car. I mean that's that's a pretty good story. I closed the lid. <laughs> Come back with us, eight four four nine six party. The Devil's Advocates know how to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and we're all out of bubblegum. And we are back. Thank you for listening to the Devil's Advocates radio show. Last segment of the day, if you got something to say, hit us up right now for some free Brewers opening day tickets, 844-967-2789. Got to have a hot take, got to have a good grievance. But I got one more I want to throw out there for everyone's. Uh, edification. Uh, who is it? Lindsey Graham. Let's get to the Lindsey Graham. We have some sound of Lindsey Graham last night. Very, very upset. But today, here's what Lindsey Graham had to say from the Hill. Trump should smash some windows on the way to the DA's office. Ooh, tell me more, Senator. Here's what he tweeted out. How can the president, how can President Trump avoid prosecution in New York? Question mark on the way to the DA's office on Tuesday. Trump should smash some windows, rob a few shops, and punch a cop. He would be released immediately, immediately in all caps. Yeah, that's Lindsey Graham, but that was today. That's you know, pretty pretty strong stuff. Lindsey Graham last night, not quite as strong. Let, let, let's hear it if you would, please, Evan. They're trying to destroy Donald Trump because they fear him at the ballot box. To the conservatives out there, make sure you vote. If you got friends, make sure they vote. If you don't have any friends, go make some friends. But you need to help this man, Donald J. Trump. They're trying to drain him dry. He spent more money on lawyers than most people spend on campaigns. They're trying to bleed him dry. DonaldJTrump.com. Go tonight. Give the president some money to fight this To fight this BS. The, The senator... Talking about BSC Senator and, and the sound, you can't see the quivering lip. You can't see the the tears welling up in his eyes. It's emotional. He could be, you know, implicated in the January 6th stuff, at least in Fulton <laughs> I mean, County. He's a he's emotional. He's hysterical. Hey, Lindsay, calm down. <laughs> this one hits a little close to home, I think. 844-967-2789. Your quest for a free pair of Brewer tickets for opening day on Monday. Tom from Cedarburg. Welcome. What do you got for us? Hey, Tom. Hi. Hi, guys. A fun show. Um, well, my gripe is that uh, for some reason, AM540 since about noon is like it, it, it keeps dropping out. And uh, it's, it's just not clear. Even I got, even I got right an engineer now, coming out after five, Tom, but don't rub it in on the airwaves. You're not earning Brewer tickets that way, man. Uh, but thanks for the heads okay, up, my, man. I'm, I'm glad okay, you're listening to it, though. Okay. Uh, here's my story is that uh, I, I was working my motorcycle. It was a windy day that same day that, that, that the big blue fell. And I just I knew that they were working oh. that, that day. And I remember feeling in my heart, it's like something's wrong. And then like a half hour later, I heard that that happened. That was that was it was a beautiful beautiful day, but really a windy day and a Tom, big, big you, gust of wind came. You remember when they actually got um, what they call it Miller Park when 
I was at the opening day when they opened the stadium and we were driving yeah. down and we were listening to the pregame show and they were recasting those news reports of that tragedy. Yeah. And, and, you know, it took me right back, like, oh, my God, the game's going to be, you know, and I'm like, oh, this is, I, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, this was happening in real time. It, it was like a War of the Worlds effect. It, it was yeah. scary even reliving that history for a minute, Tom. Uh, I get it. Yeah. Tom, you hoping to go to the game on Monday? Tom. Uh, yes. Okay. Well, then hold tight, man. We'll see. If you got like five minutes and a few calls, callers against you. 844-967-2789. Radio Doogie. How you doing, Doogie? Hey, Doogie. Hey, what's up? So I just got caught in the stadium downpour in Bio O'Hare, and uh, I don't have a porta potty to duck into, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> doing a little trash talking. You're probably a Cubbies fan, aren't you, Doogie? <laughs> As a matter of fact, I actually don't like baseball, but if anything, I'm a Southsider. <laughs> okay, well, I'll give you and Obama the White Sox then. <laughs> but, um, you know, I got a grievance, and it kind of piggybacks on one of your callers. Um, uh, you know, I eat out every day for 27 years straight, and, uh, well, it turns out my grievance is that COVID made Old Country Buffet, Hometown Buffet, and Ryan Buffet go bankrupt, and they don't exist anymore. And I haven't oh. recovered from that since. You know, Doogie, I could point the you food. at a couple of Chinese buffets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I don't want to get sick. <laughs> Everyone I've gone to has been terrible, but you know I love food. Italian is my favorite. You know I'll go to Rocky Rococo's when I'm in the area, but uh, uh, you know I'm I'm really struggling for buffets. I lost six buffets, but you know I did find out that uh, Famous Dave's does own the rights to Old Country Buffet, so maybe I can coerce them to make me some mac and cheese. <laughs> Doogie, appreciate your contribution. <laughs> 844-967-2789. we got to give away some Brewer tickets quick, though. Pizza Box, Mike, what do you got? Fine host hey, outside the Pizza Box. Coming up at 7 o'clock tonight. Aren't you supposed to be at work, sir? I'm on my way, brother. But, hey, i got a Brewer story uh, for you and Cubs because I'm a diehard Cubs fan that doesn't really care about baseball too much anymore since we won. Uh, sorry, we lost to their Pizza Box. Thanks for the call. No, I'm just kidding, man. All right, go ahead, man. Yeah, yeah well, I used to... The thing I miss about uh, County Stadium is the trough in the bathroom where everybody just lined up. I thought that was kind of cool. But anyway, I was at the game where the Cubs and San Francisco and Colorado, or uh, the Mets, are all tied with three games to go for the wild card. The Cubs are playing in Milwaukee. Sosa hits his second home run. The Cubs are up 7-1. I'm like, oh, no, they're going to lose every time he hits two. Bottom of the ninth, seven to five bases loaded, two outs. Don't drop that fly ball, Brad Brown. That's what I thought, and he dropped it. But the oh. best part was listening to – and the Cubs ended up – they all lost every game, but the Cubs ended up making it in the wild card. But on the way home, they played Ron Santo doing the call, and he was doing the, oh, no, no. And they played it for like three days, and he goes, all right, all right, enough of that. It's kind of funny, but that's my uh, Cub Brewer story. That's a damn good story. You know, we've got the sound of, I think, if if you can grab this quickly, Ebone, the Fox News reaction to the news that Donald Trump had been indicted in real time. We've got it off the air feed. 
You let me know when you got that. I'm going to grab one more caller. Tom from West Dallas. What do you got for us, Tom? Hey, Tom. Hey, hey, Rudy and Tom. I love you guys. Hey, when I was, well, it was 1980, uh, it was as a youth. We, uh, me and a friend of mine went to opening day. We drank a case of beer before we walked into the stadium. Oh, my God. And we ended up waking up on seventh, seventh inning stretch in our seats, which never could happen today. And we were so embarrassed that we just ran out of there. <laughs> Tom, what was the beer? What were you drinking? Oh, there was long neck Paps. We got Pap- well, Paps was always a big beer in West Dallas at the time, you know. You go to any bar around West Dallas, there was always a PAP sign outside of it, you know, back in the day. That's even here today a little bit, I guess. Tom, hold tight. One of you Toms is going to win a pair of Brewer tickets for opening day. PBR Tom or Cedarburg Tom, one or the other. I have to think on this for just a moment. But while I do, Dom, we'd like to share the sound. This is one of Ebone's special treats for you. The hard hardest working producer we got today. <laughs> Not much of a compliment, yeah, is it? Nice. Uh, play it play it for the people. This is the reaction on Fox News, the air feed, when Donald Trump got indicted. Listen close at the end. We may play uh, We have just gotten word <gasps> former President Donald Trump has been what? indicted. One more time. Uh, we have just gotten word <gasps> former President Donald Trump has what? been indicted. Somebody just got punched in the nards there now i don't know i think they said awesome play it one more time do you go <gasps> awesome uh, we have Let's just gotten word <gasps> former president donald trump has been indicted i don't know man i don't know i don't know strange that wow is that rupert murdoch we're hearing Thank you. Thank you, James and Santels. Tops from Cedarburg, you get the tickets.